Hello and welcome to another Jeffrey podcast. I'm here with my brother John. Hello. And we're going to talk through the career and albums of the featured artist, who today is Patty Smith. You can find us on social media, those kind of things. If you go via our website, which is Jeffrey jeffreymusic.rocks. That's, That's Jeffrey right, so good confidence there. I forgot. <laughs> so, as I said, it's uh, Patty Smith today, and so we'll start off with the research. Read a f- I've read three books and watched a DVD as part of my research, amongst the usual other looking online. So, which, books, which books did you read? Well, I started off with Just Kids, which is the story, which is by Patty Smith, and that's the story of her and her relationship, friendship with um, Robert Mapplethorpe, and that is um, an excellent book. Would recommend it to anyone, regardless of whether you're interested in Patty Smith or not. And after that, I went on to her her next book, which is called M Train, which is by her as well, as I said, and that's. It's not as good, I didn't find. It's quite sort of poetic and quite rambling. Some bits are more interesting than others, but um, not as heartily recommended as Just just Kids. Right, okay. And then after that, I went on to um, Patty Smith, A Biography by Nick Johnston, which starts off by saying how it's not authorised and that Patty Smith wouldn't cooperate with him, basically because she'd been stung by journalists before, not specifically to him, which... Starts off on the wrong foot, in my in my oh, view. It's honest. Yeah, yeah. Well, there is that, and actually, they, I I did actually really enjoy the book, and it was interesting. And it does at one point at the end reference a documentary film that was made, which is then what I bought, which is Patty Smith Dream of Life, a film by Stephen Sebring, which was not really of any value in terms of this podcast at all. It was a little bit boring, I thought, quite sort of rambling and. Bit of sort of backstage footage and bit of live footage and just a bit of behind the scenes footage. Really, he was a bit rambling and a bit like your description of it. Yeah, yeah, very much so. so rambling, uh, and, rambling and repetitive and unfocused. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm glad I managed to um, cleverly, That's clever. yeah, yeah, and planned get, um, capture the spirit of it in, in yeah. my review. It's quite a skill. <laughs> Well, I read a book called Patty Smith, and it's by a fella called Victor Bukris, I think it's pronounced. Bokris. Victor Bokris. And Victor Bokris was one of her, her first publishers, with, some of, with one of her first books of poetry. Seventh Heaven. Seventh, <laughs> seventh Heaven. He published that, and then obviously they sort of stayed in touch to, to some extent afterwards. It only goes up to about 1996. But it was actually pretty good. It was really, really readable and in, very, very enjoyable, actually. Um, so, so I really liked it. I, I wish it had gone beyond 1996, but there you go. It was a very good book. Yeah, I had the same with my book. It, it, it. Um, I think it went a little bit later than that, but it didn't. Um, it hasn't been updated fully. I mean, you got the you got the main kind of story up until 96, I guess. So, I mean, we, we'll discuss that as we go along. So, how do you want to do this? Because we we don't really have any background with Patty Smith, so we don't need to spend time on that. She was just somebody that we both heard of and were quite interested in but didn't know much about. So there's no story there. Yeah, yeah. It was for, for me, it was from reading the Talking Heads book, which mentioned it, so I thought, well, give Patty Smith a listen because I've not heard anything. Or I thought I had heard nothing. Yeah. And we'll come to that as well. <laughs> yeah, well, I can guess what it is that you did know. Yes. And, and I suppose the other sort of angle from this is by, as luck would have it, Patty Smith is playing 
uh, live in where you live and where I live. So we will both be attending the concert. In fact, Gordon's already been. And then we'll talk about that at the end and probably do the separate podcast as well as usual. Let's kick off for them with the first album, which is 1975, Horses. What, what do you make of this one? Well, this is the one that you sort of is the sort of big classic, isn't it, that you're supposed to like and supposed to think is amazing. Yes. And, and obviously it's quite hard sometimes to put these things in the context of the time. Um, we, we can only really review it from our own time. We can't necessarily know how it felt at the time. So I I did try, but I and I have I do really like this album. I think it's very good. I like all the songs on it except Birdland, which I think is a horror. But apart from that, I do really like the album. But I do think it sounds dated. But I like her sort of punky attitude. I kind of I do like the the choppy guitars and stuff like that. The production's pretty basic, which is kind of Again, probably partly why it sounds dated. So yeah, I do like it. I think it's a really good album with some good songs on it, uh, uh, apart from Birdland, which is bloody awful. <laughs> I don't know, what do you think? I agree with most of that. I think, yeah, it does have a sort of minimalist sound to it. I guess it's partly due to her first album, so maybe less money was thrown at it. I think part of the styles is quite reminiscent of, of Blondie and Talking Heads, who were both CBGBs. And Talking Heads were a bit later, weren't they? I think Blondie were around about the same time. So, yeah, although they, although she hated Debbie Harry, the Patty Smith, she, she absolutely loathed her. Yeah, yeah, and, and not for any obvious reason, at least as what I can tell from the book. But she absolutely loathed Debbie Harry, called her all sorts of rude names. Goodness. But I think Patty Smith in those early days was really quite unreasonable. <laughs> I mean, she was, you know, she was really owning that whole punk um, character completely. And being really quite sort of um, obnoxious and unpredictable. I think that can be true of a lot of sort of young musicians, and they, you know, they come in and they have, have the attitude. And obviously, as you get older, you realise it's all nonsense. Yeah, I guess she was probably one of the first women to be doing that in that real in-your-face, punky, say what I want, do what I want. You know, be quite aggressively uh, unpleasant to a, a rival, a CBGB's rival. Yeah, I, th- I think so. I mean, I know, like, with my other reading, they're doing look, the amount of times Patty Smith's name actually now comes up, and I notice it now, obviously, because of this, and the number of people who are influenced by her. Yeah. I can't think of that. I know I'm reading Viv Albertine's um, autobiography at the moment, and she certainly was. Oh, right. Well, I, I went in Foyle's bookshop the other day when I was in London, and I went to the music section, and... There's a whole... Most artists aren't really named. The obvious ones are named. The Beatles, Bowie, etc. And Patti Smith's named separately. She's not just under, you know, S. Yeah. Filed under S. There's a whole shelf, Patti Smith. And, like, books like Why Patti Smith is Important. She's so, She is, you know, really, really influential. A lot more than I realised. To the point she's influencing Floyd... Uh, influencing Foyle's shelving policy. Yeah, rightly so. She's also got quite a few books out, which I think probably helps get her own little... uh, Yeah, I guess, yeah. And obviously that feeds into her lyrics, which are... Although I don't listen to them very much, I have to really force myself, because I'm not very good at listening to lyrics. But when I do listen, you think, bloody hell, these are... I mean, she's a pretty good lyricist, isn't she? Yes. I mean, she's a a proper, proper poet musician, I would say. Yeah. I mean, certainly, like the. I mean, the opening. Yeah, that's that's a good description. The opening of 
the album, you know, that, you know, Jesus died for somebody's sins, but not mine. I mean, the, the first thing I thought there was just like, ooh, this, you know, reminded me very much of Leonard Cohen. Well, yeah, I guess, I mean, she did know Leonard Cohen. I mean, they were, he was already famous by then, of course. They're all sort of New York, knocking about New York, aren't they? But yeah, it, it was, it's quite, it's quite a statement to make, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's a, it's a sort of bang opening statement. And I don't think anything after that statement reminded me of Leonard Cohen particularly. Right. But, but they are both sort of proper poet musicians. So they have that in common. Yeah, well, she was, she, I mean, she started out as a poet, of course. And it's a book of poetry that I, that I just mentioned, Seventh Heaven, Seventh Heaven, I can't pronounce it, Seventh Heaven, that uh, Victor Bocchus, Bocchus <laughs> published <laughs> when he wrote this book. And she was hanging around with people like Allen Ginsberg, of course, as a, a famous beat poet. And well, you mentioned Robert Mapplethorpe, who's obviously a, a visual artist, and Andy Warhol. So she was in that sort of very arty kind of community. So she wasn't, it took her a while to decide she was a musician. She saw herself as a poet first and evolved into the sort of musician yeah, role. Yeah, she was messing around and actually doing sorts of poetry with music in the background as well initially, wasn't she? And it, it, yeah, yeah. It got built up like, you know, the Gloria in Excelsis, the wording started off as a poem, and that's from, I think, 1973, called Oath, and that was adapted for the song. And I think a lot of her poems ended up being adapted like that. Well, some of them still sound like that, don't they? They still sound very... I mean, some of them literally are. It's just a kind of spoken word on some of it, which I guess we'll get to in a minute. But I think when, when she met... Um, is it Lenny Kay, the guitarist? Yeah. When, when she met him and he started playing along the guitar to it, that's when that kind of started evolving and uh, and going in that direction. And I also, um, to, on this album as well, I had a debate with myself for quite a while about having a live track as the last track which I then realised is not actually part of the original album. But I couldn't decide stuck whether, on the end of, whether uh, it was a good thing, because it kind of works. It's an extra track, isn't it, on the yeah. CD version? And I couldn't work out whether it was a good thing, because it, it actually works on this album, finishing off, or not. So I never really came up with an answer, because I, I then realised it wasn't part of the album. I, I think it's untidy, but I don't know if that's just my desire to keep things tidy outranking what's actually might be actually be good but there is a, there is a similar sort of thing coming up on an, on the, I think it's on Easter isn't it where there's kind of a live spoken word that accelerates into the next song which we'll talk about when we get there and that's kind of a different way of doing that where it's kind of embedded in the middle of an album but I don't particularly like the idea of a live track on a, a studio album I think it's scruffy yeah I think my quandary was that I feel like you is the fact that it's it's messy and scruffy and it shouldn't be allowed. But on here it does actually work, which I think was... Perhaps well, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going to entertain this line of argument. Okay. Because it's not on the original album It's anyway. not on the album, though. I, so, I realised that subsequently when I was doing research and stopped debating it. Yeah. Let, let's just pick your tracks. Which which tracks are we going to put on the playlist? Okay. So we know we're not picking Birdland. We Correct. I, I don't have a problem with Birdland, I would just mention. But... Um, I would, I think, start with Free Money. That's Yeah, um, I'm happy with that. That's definitely one of my top tracks. Okay, so should we pick that as our top track? Yeah. That's just a really decent sort of punky rock song that's kind of, I think, showcases her vocal delivery really well and the band. The rest, I'm, it's hard because I don't think there is a sort of big standout track where I say, though, this is my favourite. I would probably pick Free Money if I had to do that. I like Land would probably pick as my second but I could quite happily pick pretty much anything else 
Well, I had um, Redondo Beach, which is the sort of reggae-style one, which I really like a lot. And I had Land as well, which is the sort of horses, Land of a Thousand Dances, La Merde, which is a bit of a long one. She does, she does sort of do quite long songs, as Birdland was. But I think sometimes our long songs don't work. I find them a bit... There isn't really always enough content to justify the length. But actually, I think that Land and Horses really does work. So I'm happy with that or Redondo Beach. So I do. The thing is, with uh, yeah, I kind of get what you're saying. I think with the longer tracks, taking generally, they, I agree that they often don't. I think they're sort of often improvised and quite poetic. And yeah, as a sort of idiot who doesn't particularly get poetry most of the time, I think I, I struggle with a, quite a few of them. So that might be an argument for picking it this time. But if you really love La Redondo Beach and want to pick that, I am fine as well. So I'll let you pick. Land. So we'll go to the next album, which is 1976, Radio Ethiopia. They um, got the producer in, Jack Douglas, with a specific idea of making this a more commercial album, which I think in a way is, is partly successful, although it wasn't because uh, the critics panned it and it actually did really badly. So by successful, you mean, in your opinion, it's more well, commercial? Well, it's, it's more commercial in some ways in the fact that it, it does sound better in terms of the production i think it does have you know better production a lot of this was co-written with alan lanier of the blue oyster cult who was a, a long-term boyfriend at the time yeah so that i mean the critics sort of panned this and they were sort of um couldn't decide really whether it was boundary pushing or self-indulgent nonsense but one of them apparently described radio ethiopia the track as 10 minutes of noise yeah, I saw that described as everybody's least favourite Patti Smith song. <laughs> which I think was uh, uh, probably tallied with my own view. Yeah, and I think it, it possibly is for me too. It's certainly down there at the bottom bottom end of my ranking. Well, it's another longie, isn't it? It's one of these sort of long, rambling, improvised, punky, poety things, which, yeah, for me just doesn't work. I mean, I think generally it feels a little bit punkier um, but more electronic to me. And... I'm not sure the album itself actually flows, but I was finding the more times I listened to it, the more times I was enjoying it, certainly the first half. So, you know, the side one, if you've got a vinyl copy, I think I really quite enjoyed. Side two, a lot less so. That ties exactly with my own view. I think side one's actually pretty strong. I think Ask the Angels is a bit boring as the sort of kickoff. I think that's just a bit sort of bland and straightforward. And she does tend to kind of try to put the kind of slightly commercial standard Rocky song first. And sometimes that really works. And sometimes I just think, eh, it's a bit meh. And that to me is just a bit, not not not, not a great kickoff. But apart from that, the other three songs on side one, I think are really good. Ain't It Strange, Poppies and Pissing in a River. Even though I don't particularly like the title, Pissing in a River. I just think it's not a very good title. Uh, side two, I think, just doesn't work for me at all, with the exception of Distant Fingers, which is a decent song. So I, I agree with you. I think it's got better sound, good side one, but doesn't particularly flow, and it's Radio Ethiopia ruins everything. Fair enough. So, um, And the last song, Abyssinia, I don't like either. No, I think the last two particularly. Um, yeah. I think Pumping and Distant Figures, Fingers are okay. Yeah, but yeah, well, that, pumping. That I'm not that keen on, but yeah, ten fifteen minutes is is was a bit of a struggle. But yeah, I've, I've, as I said, I found the rest of it growing on me. 
What would you go for your tracks? I guess we're picking from side one primarily, are we? I would definitely be picking from side one. I would go, first of all, my favourite track is Pissing in a River. Okay. Um, well, that's fine, because that's one of the big, most famous ones, isn't it? And it's certainly one of my top three. Okay. And then I would be fairly open. I would probably pick Ain't It Strange, but not, you know, if you wanted to pick Poppies or one of the other ones. Well, it would be Ain't It Strange or Poppies. It would be definitely one of those. So th- those are my two favourite tracks, actually, along with Pissing in the River. So um, I'm getting sick of saying Pissing in the River, but that is not actually my least favourite song title. That's on the next album, as you <laughs> might guess. But um, I'll, let's go for Ain't It Strange then, because you said uh, that as well. And are we agreeing this is Below Horses? Yes. Yeah, I think so. We don't need to discuss that much more. That's fairly clear with what we've said already, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, absolutely. Yeah, although I don't think it's the sort of disaster zone that some people seem to sort of say it is. No, not at all. Half a good, half a really good album, and quarter of an okay one. It's just those last two tracks. Yeah. Okay. Seventy-five percent of an okay album. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure this is. I'm not sure this is enlightening. Yeah, breaking down the percentages. We could perhaps on. Um... On the website, include a, a pie chart to illustrate yeah. this point. Yeah, you can do the pie chart then. Thanks. Uh, I think I can be bothered with that. So the next one is Easter. This is 1978. And don't say what your um, least favourite song is, title is. I will guess if it's not the obvious one. Is it the obvious one? It's the obvious one, yeah, yeah. With, Track six. With the naughty N-word. Yeah, yeah. Rock and roll N word. So, ignoring that for a moment, what do you think of the album overall? Well, I think it's another attempt to get more poppy and more. Not poppy is the wrong word, sorry, more commercial, I mean to say. I think it's another attempt to go more in that direction of being more commercial, a bit more polished, trying not to lose the, you know, the, the that kind of aggression, the punky thing, but at the same time, trying to be just more polished sounding more more commercial and of the obvious one because the nights the song written with bruce springsteen the big hit is a perfect example of that because that's just a, a very good pop song and i think that that kind of illustrates where she sort of is at this point so yeah i think it's a, a very polished very good capable album uh, that i i actually really quite like i think it's got a lot of high points on it what about you yeah i think it, i think it's an improvement on the previous one um, it's got a mixture of styles. It's kind of like an, an adjustment going towards her sort of more, shall we say, like more of the sort of the template for the Patti Smith album, which is, you yeah, know, yeah. she does tend to start with the sort of slightly sort of stronger, more commercial tracks. And then you often have the sort of bonkers, improvised, poetic ones at the end. And You always get one that's sort of nine, ten minutes, although actually you don't on this. Yes, yeah, absolutely. It's usually the... a bad, bad moment to mention that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but every other album you get is one that's around nine, ten minutes, which is in that, that bonkers improvised space. And it's often the title track. So this half fits that. It's just it's only six minutes long instead of the nine or ten or whatever. Well, Easter, the title track, is another kind of thing that she starts doing a bit around this phase as well, which is these kind of ploddy, dirt, dirgy chanty march type songs mm. which just feel to me and um ghost dance is another it's a bit of a chant it's a bit of a march and they don't really work for me they they just feel like a plod more than a march okay yeah i mean i quite like them i have to say oh i don't and i think the song we three feels like it wouldn't exactly be out of place on greece which is around this same time as well 
it's a sort of a very odd song, I think, for Patti Smith to do. Yeah, I think it's a, quite an old song. Is it? So it's, you know, from... I don't, don't know when it was written, but it was... It's well, I wouldn't be entirely surprised if Danny and Sandy were caught singing it. But yeah, but apparently it tracks, um, you know, rock and roll, uh, naughty M-word, privilege, and we three were all sort of older songs. Ah, right. And I think oh, Space Monkey was as well, because I think the um, her first album was originally going to be called Space Monkey, so I assume that that song was probably going to go on it. Well, it's a good job they changed that, isn't it? Yes. Another rather poor title. So you mentioned about the spoken word bit going into the song, which I assume you're talking about, Babalog. Going Babalog in. going into rock and roll M-word. Yeah. Which I, th- I really like. I really like the way that works, and I think it's really illustrative of where she was and what she did, so I think that's great. Yeah, um, it does I work. Like, she, she had uh, yeah. just released a poetry book called Babel, so I assume it is from that, and probably published by the guy who wrote your book. I Maybe. <laughs> My research didn't yeah. go quite too far to look into a publishers of her poetry. That's um, I think that's one step too far. In fact, probably more than one. I also do like the song Twenty Fifth Floor and High on Rebellion. I think those are great songs, and I I do like Across the Night as well. I'm not a big Bruce Springsteen fan, I admit, but I never really got the boss. Just didn't click with me. But I do like that song. I think it's pretty good. Yeah, me neither. I, I find him a, a bit dull from what I've heard. Yeah, me too. But yeah, this this was apparently a song that he was struggling with and couldn't kind of, kind of get right. So it was passed to Patti Smith because they had, um, I don't know if it was their engineer or the producer or something, who was working on both albums at the same time. Yeah, I think she finished it and she was talking about, it was sort of related to meeting Fred Sonic Smith around this time. I'm sort of waiting on, on the, and he was in another relationship. So they were sort of calling each other. So I think it's talking about that, waiting for his call and things. Yeah, and she did. I think this was recorded after she fell off a stage, didn't she? It was like 15 foot and really oh, yeah. hurt herself properly badly. And this was recorded just after that, after sort of when she was starting to recover. That sounded terrifying. Like she sort of fell really far onto like concrete. It's incredible that she got away with it, relatively speaking, you know. When I read that, I thought, bloody hell, I thought you'd be out cold for ever. Probably. Yeah, yeah, it certainly could have ended nastily because she yeah. did fall quite away. But she was fine. It only took her ages to recover. But um, as, as it is, it just ended with a Bruce Springsteen collaboration. Yeah, so, so it's not know, so bad. As you say, ended nastily. <laughs> <laughs> so picking a song, what do you? What's your favourite? Do you have a favourite song on here? Well, I just mentioned them. So Babylon going into rock and roll N word, Twenty Fifth Floor, High on Rebellion, and Because the Night. Because the night. Well. Belongs to lovers. It's very catchy. Is that the one that you didn't realise was her that you knew? Yes, because I've obviously had heard the song, but yeah. I kind of I didn't really know who it was. I assumed it was somebody like Pat Benatar. I just didn't really. Yeah, know me it. too. Um, because yeah. it sounds like Love Is a Battlefield a bit. Yeah, um, or vocally she does anyway. So it, um, it's not something I'd really put any thought into, to be honest. But I, I'd not even heard the song that many times. I. I thought exactly this similarly not really thought it and just made that sort of background assumption anyway do any of those is there, is there any sort of intersection in our venn diagram of favorite songs on this album yeah i think my, my top three there's only a slight is till victory we three and 25th floor okay so we have our our, our We've one got 25th track. floor okay and then i mean to be honest most of them i i, I quite like so I wouldn't particularly object to anything particularly. I probably wouldn't pick High on Rebellion. 
What was the other one you picked? Was it Because Tonight? Be- because Tonight and then Babalog, Rock and Roll, M-Word, I'm treating as a single song. That's fair enough. So I would go with one of them. Well, I I kind of want to put uh, the, the Babalog, Babalog, Babalog? It's probably a better pronunciation, isn't it? Probably, Just, yeah. Ba- Babalog, going into Rock and Roll, M-Word, if we can treat that as one song, I would do that. I think we can, because they, they are really... I mean, it seems silly leaving a big hit off the list, but we can possibly look for an extra track or a live version to put in at the end when we get that far. Yeah, that's okay, though. We've just... We've done that before. Yeah. And we, you know, you pick our two favourite songs. Yep. So in terms of the ranking... I think it probably goes between the two. I think it's definitely better than Radio Ethiopia. I'm not... It It might go above horses, but I probably wouldn't put it above... But I certainly, if, if you felt strongly on that, I, I certainly wouldn't uh, fight you over it. I think it's similar, but probably... I'm looking at my scoring, and it's very similar, but I think Horses has the edge. Okay, well, that's exactly what I had. Very similar, but Horses had the edge. Possibly let down by the last song, Easter, which I think is uh, pretty dreadful. If you just just left that off, it would have probably gone above Horses. I don't know. All right, I think I'm I'm okay with Easter. I don't think it's the best one of the best on the album, but um, not quite so harsh on that one. So the next album, 1979, and Wave. So Patty is now in a relationship with Fred Sonic Smith, and she is she's already decided basically she'll do this album, tour it, and then retire. And she's very much being subservient to Fred Smith's views about the way this should work. So he's being very influential on her at this point she's really gone from being the sort of stroppy person controlling her own band and career to very much kind of it's oddly subservient to to fred smith i found this really quite strange it seems to be almost a complete personality flip what what about the actual album that's come out of it wave i quite like it um i I think it, it is a bit more straightforward sounding it's a little bit more standard rock and roll there's it's perhaps a little bit less interesting from that point of view the songs like him, when we're back to our old friend, the ploddy, the marchy dirge thing that I don't like. Broken, broken flay, similarly so. So there's a couple of those that I really kind of just don't get on with. Love, where are we? Uh, Wave, the last song. It's um, broken flag. Didn't you say broken flay? <laughs> sorry, broken flag. Sorry, yeah. It's your eyes. I'm at, sorry, that's my can't read my own writing. Broken flag. What was I saying about it? Just saying it's one of the weaker songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then. Um, Wave, which is the last song, which is spoken word, I really quite like. I think that's quite charming. I didn't expect to think that, but I really do quite like that one. So yeah, I think it's a pretty, it's a decent album, but it's a bit more straightforward, a bit sort of perhaps a little bit less interesting, but it sounds good. There's, there's some definite duffers on there, if you buy my argument about these boring bloody march things, but there's some definitely some good stuff on there. What about you? I agree with a lot of that, but I disagree with some of it as well. So I mean, I think it, it's more conventional. It's a bit happier as an album. Apparently, the, like the critics called it lazy, which I'm not sure about that. I mean, there's a possibility if she's thinking of moving on that her heart isn't 100% in it, but I think overall it is another good album. I disagree on Broken Flag. Him, I haven't rated because it's only 72 seconds long, so I've kind of like just treated it as a filler. So I don't think it really matters. Less taken with Wave than you are. But overall, I, I sort of like it the citizenship reminds me a bit of breaking glass you know the the hazel o'connor yeah. film and album she does have like a bit of sound to that to it but i do like like they so overall so it does sound like our overall impression is similar it is a bit more 
straightforward, a bit more kind of conventional is the word you use. Yes. Possibly because it's also a bit happier. She's very, very, very happy with Fred Smith. So maybe that's, we're kind of saying similar things by the sound of it, although we're disagreeing on a few of the songs. My my favourite song for me is actually Revenge. And then I also really like Dancing Barefoot as well as Wave. And I also do quite like Seven Ways of Going. Any of them? Yeah, well, my favourite song is Revenge. Oh, there we go. Well, that's on then, isn't it? Um, And I also really like Dancing Barefoot. Oh, well, there we go. I can stop talking there after that one because we've agreed on those. So where are we going to rank it? It's top two, isn't it? So you put it above Easter? Yes. I put it below below Easter. Okay. I think I'll put it above Easter, but probably below Horses, but I'm okay. I'd definitely put it below Horses. If I'm putting, if yeah. I'm thinking of putting it below Easter, I suppose yeah, that's obvious, isn't it? Yeah. Should we leave it third? I think I'm well, okay. Me, I don't yeah. think there's a lot between Easter and Wave. I I agree. They are similar sounding albums. Um, I just think there's slightly more standout stuff on Easter, and it just feels slightly more, slightly less conventional, I suppose. But but the, yeah, I agree. They're very 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 similar. Right. We'll leave it like that. Yeah. I was looking at my ratings. Actually, I, yeah, I would put Wave above, but um, it's it's not big differences. So after this and the tour, Patti Smith retires, or in theory the the Patti Smith group disbands, and I I think all the albums from now on are just have Patti Smith credited on the cover as opposed to the Patti Smith group. And in 1988 she comes back with um, an album that she's created with her husband, Fred Sonic Smith, called Dream of Life. And I think the fact that it is 80s is audible on this album. Not as bad as a lot of albums, but I think it does suffer a little bit, I think, from some 80s production on here. It is quite chilled and sort of mid-tempo. Personally, I don't think it's that memorable an album. I don't think there's any, there's nothing that jumps out to me particularly, although there's a couple of nice tunes. I think in places it just feels a little bit cheesy. It kind of reminds me a little bit of Fleetwood Max Tango in the Night in that sort of 80s cheesy. Not terrible, quite enjoyable, but... But you can tell it's sort of an 80s production. and a... Yeah, I, I agree with more or less everything you just said, except comparing it to Tango in the Night, because I do think Tango in the Night is slightly easier to listen to, slightly poppier, more hooks than this. But otherwise, I basically agree with everything you said. It's recorded and written, written and recorded with Fred Smith, as you say. But I think the rest of the Patti Smith group are there apart from Lenny Kay. So it does have a different feel, because obviously it's got a different guitarist, different co-writer of most of the songs. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I I, I do think um, Tango in the Night does have better songs on it. And even like, you know, People Have the Power, which is the big pop song on here. You know, on the, on the last couple of albums, it was a Bruce Springsteen one. This one sounds more like Cher should be singing it. Yeah, I think that's a really good observation, actually. That's exactly what it is. It's that. It's exactly a sort of Cher-y type song. And it, you know, yeah. and it's all right. But that, It's a good but song. But that's just, you know, it just doesn't appeal yeah. to me as much. I I do quite like it. I think it's a pretty decent song, a pretty decent opener, actually. But I do agree, it definitely does have that sort of share vibe about it. Yeah. But I think it's good. And I think up there, down there, going under, I think there's some really good songs on there, but most of it, as you say, is quite forgettable, quite very 80s sounding, quite drippy. And you just think, eh. the Jackson song, I think, is something I really, again, would rank pretty low. Mm, yeah. But there's definitely some stuff I like on it. It does feel like a very 80s yeah. version. You expect it to sort of come out looking like Bonnie Tyler or something. Yeah. I think that with People Have the Power, because it's got that sort of 
cheesy 80s chorus that yeah. put me off initially but actually listening to it a few more times you sort of think actually it's a decent song it does feel like it could be the it could be the theme tune for a david hasselhoff vehicle yes <laughs> that said it is in my top two so my, and mine. my picks <laughs> my picks would be the first two tracks well i'm i'm um would you well i yeah okay the first two plus going under are my top three so obviously the first two then, because that's where we've got agreement. But I think I probably I do prefer going under to up there, down there. But whatever, they're both they're, those are the three best tracks, I think. If you're happy, because I don't, I have going under, down, lower. Okay. So on ranking, I think I would leave it at the bottom. Oh yeah, definitely. So moving on, we have another another gap. We're going to 1996. So we've got a gap of eight years, and in this during, during which yes, I come into that. I've got, going got a long right, list. Go on, then. go on then. So, in that gap, Patty's husband Fred Sonic Smith dies of a heart attack. Shortly after, her brother Todd dies. Robert Mapplethorpe dies as well um, of of AIDS. Richard Soul, her piano songwriter, arranger, band buddy. Um, also, Kurt Cobain, who she didn't actually meet, but um, it did affect her. If you were around at that time, you know, it was actually quite shocking when he died. And a lot of this is reflected on this album, which to me does sound, understandably, <laughs> um, quite a bit darker. It's, it's a yeah. dark and moody album, I think, comparatively. I do think it sounds a lot better and it's a little rock, rockier. And I also sort of like feel there's a little bit of, Bob Dylan influence on here. I know there is actually a cover, The Wicked Messenger as well, but um, particularly like other things like Dead to the World, she sounds a bit like Dylan and things like that. But I do think um, it's a really enjoyable album. Well, I don't fully agree with you on this one. I actually think that it's not particularly enjoyable. <laughs> I think it's, it is too dark. It's too, too melancholic, perhaps. I don't know. It, it, it doesn't, there are some very good tracks on here. Some really, really good tracks, but there's a lot of stuff here that I just can't get. I just the, the sort of basically the last half of the album I just think's really quite dull, and, and it just doesn't feel like it goes anywhere. It's quite ploddy. Um, I don't think she, I don't think her style works particularly well with the slower songs. I think she's great with spoken word. She's great with the faster numbers, but when it comes to a slower number, I think her, her voice just doesn't have the right quality to really kind of keep my attention throughout a slower song which doesn't really have much catch going on so for me this i struggled a little bit with this album okay what what about your favorites tracks uh well gone again the title track and the kickoff track i think is really good about a boy is very good summer cannibals i really like as well i do quite like the dylan cover i like beneath the southern cross might be up there as well but i'm not that keen on most of the rest of it to be honest so, I mean, Gone Again is one of my favourites as well, so we'll pick that. My other sort of, my, well, I would say Wing and My Madrigal, which you haven't mentioned. Uh, no, because I don't like them very much. Fair enough, that would be a good reason. I think going down my list till I hit something you've said, I've got, um, I think my next one is About a Boy, which is this one about Kurt Cobain. So should we pick that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that would be that was one of my stronger tracks, yep. So... Where would you want to rank this one? Well, I think for me it goes bottom. I'm guessing for you it doesn't. I'm guessing for you it goes above Dream of Life. Correct. I don't mind that because I 
because we put wave and easter where i said so i don't mind dream this being your way round if you like yeah if i promise not to push it any further or trying to yeah yeah you can't be sneakily pushing it further later on so we move on next to 1997 and peace and noise what do you make of this one after the uh that dark and moody album well, this isn't a dark and moody album, I don't think, in the same way. I think this is much more engaging from my perspective. I really like this. I think it's uh, a really strong album. It's got a lot more oomph, more going for it. More, I like a lot more of the kind of rhythms in there. I think it just feels a lot more... Uh, God, I'm really struggling with my vocabulary today. Yeah, that's not good, I is can't think of the right word. No, oomph and stuff like that. Yeah. I've got no bloody words available to me. You... you, you Go first this time. Well, sort okay. of first, because I've done half of what I said. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm struggling, I mean, for, struggling for words. Looking at my notes, I don't actually have a lot to say about this one. <laughs> Maybe that's um, my problem then. I, I think I do really like the album. It's good throughout. There's not a track on it I don't like. I think it's got a really good mix of the of the punk and the poetry and the melodic rock. I think you get it, it's, it's pretty damn right yeah. on this album. And personally, I sort of like the vibe and the atmosphere of the album. It's all thumbs up, but I, I can't have. I don't have loads and loads to say about it. There is a guest vocal of Michael Stipe on Last Call. Give us like a little throw-in fact. Uh, he's another name that was very influenced by Patti Smith, of course. He followed around quite a lot, didn't he? Yes. Yeah, he's on a couple of tracks. He's on another track later on, and, and she sings on. I think it might be Ebo the Letter, but she definitely sings on one REM track. I think what you were saying, I think that's possibly why I'm struggling for words, because I'm trying to be more articulate about something that I haven't really got that much to say. So it's perhaps not, not a search for words so much as a search for opinions. I do, I, I just, I like it. Exactly the same as you said. I don't mean that as a criticism. And I think there's some really good songs in there, some real crackers. I love Whirl Away. I love Don't Say Nothing. Memento Mori, I really like as well. So I think there's some really good stuff on here. Spell is another good, good one. And as you say, I think... She seems to have found that balance exactly as you described it, which I really liked, the way you said that, with the sort of punky stuff, the poetry stuff, and the melodic rock. And I think the next cluster of albums do reflect that. Yeah, I think we've pretty much got a sort of a template, a style of an album, which she doesn't veer from, really. I mean, obviously they do vary a bit, but not Hmm. this sort of style that she tends to stick with. So you've mentioned a couple of tracks... So, Whirl Away is one of my tops as well. Okay. So, we'll pick that one as our top track. Then the other ones he mentioned were... Because I have probably the Waiting Underground, the top one, Blue Poles. I don't, don't Say Nothing as well is one of my favourites. So, shall we pick that as the second one? Yeah, we can do, yeah. That's she our... played that live, didn't she, when you saw her? She did. Which we're not going to talk about yet, till I've seen the live. Correct. I shall say nothing. Don't say nothing. I am saying nothing. Well, don't. So where are we going to rank it? I think this is definitely top. Oh, you've got your impish voice on. You're going to say something that's quite controversial here, aren't I'm you? Tr- I'm checking my, my numbers. I'm checking the numbers, fella, quickly. Before, before, because I'm like, <laughs> before you go out on a limb and put it top or something. Yeah, well, this is it, you see, because I'm thinking, I think I'm putting this top. I'm, so I'm just trying to um, do, do a little quick number crunch. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going all in. I'm going top. Oh, my God. I don't know what to... This is like when you did that with Rush and you, you made me put signals top. Made you? Well, that's how I'm telling the story. I think <sighs> you agreed. You said, yes, no, it's I do, my I favourite do really album. Like signals. I do really like signals, yeah. I know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm joking, fella. Um, oh, top. 
Um, well, I had it. I actually had it sort of around second and third at this point. Sort of wasn't quite sure whether it was better than the Easter Wave Easter horses, but it was definitely in that cluster. But I wasn't quite sure exactly where to put it because the numbers are pretty close. So I'd certainly be happy with it going second. Would it go first? I don't. Yeah, buns to it. Let's put it first. Let's put it first. It is. I do really enjoy it. I suppose the the fact that it sounds a bit more polished put me off slightly because I quite like the rawness of horses. I wouldn't say put me off, but I mean was the deciding factor, if you like. Yeah, I don't think that you know when I'm looking at my rankings and everything and everything, I don't think there's a massive difference between a lot of these albums. I agree. I got them all fairly close. And even like at the end of it. I looked back and I found I had a top five and a bottom five that were more definite. But within those two groups, there wasn't actually a lot of difference. Right. Even really between all of them, there's not masses and masses of different. I think, you know, she's actually consistently good. Well, let's see. Let's see if she is. What about the next album? So this is 2000. We've hit this century. And this is Gung Ho, which is apparently a Chinese phrase meaning work together which is adapted by the marines as a morale booster and i think part of this is influenced by the the cover is a picture of her father in in the war presumably I'm guessing it's the vietnam war but i don't know well it could be second world war it'll be second, be second world, world war, war won't it yeah yeah. Um, yeah so i think that's part of the influence here this also has another michael stipe song not song guest vocals glitter in their eyes has michael stipe on vocals and Tom Verlaine on guitar in that song, of television, that is. Yeah, she was very close to him. I think she was an ex-boyfriend as well, Tom Verlaine. Another ex-boyfriend. Because television were all around the same time, weren't they? They were another CBGB's band. But yeah. So yes, he was... Um... That's a cracking album, Marky Moon. That's a really good album. But anyway, that's a different issue. Yes. What, what about this album, fella? The... What did you think? Yeah. Well, I, I thought it was, to me, quite similar... Everything we just said about peace and noise, you can more or less say here, except I think it's not quite as good. So I think it's a not quite as good version of peace and noise, but all the things we just said still apply. I do think it's got a couple of weaker tracks on here and not quite so many standouts. That's why I think it's a bit weaker overall. Yeah, I mean, I do think it's generally consistently good. It does seem to have a sort of tribal spiritual feel in some of the songs, particularly sort of... the beginning and the end, rather than in the middle. I think it's probably got more than one or two sort of weaker songs. And in the fact that it is over an hour long, I, yeah. I think is a little bit telling. And even though I can't sort of say, oh, this song's horrible, you need to get this off. It does, I think, I do find the album over long. Yeah, I got three weaker ones, really, that kind of rank quite a bit below the others. But uh, but I agree, it is over long. It's getting in you know CD phase. And we said before, we're not big fans of album's been too long i think really as a sort of general discipline if your album can't be put onto a single vinyl album if it's not that sort of 45 ish minutes or whatever a vinyl album is it's around that isn't yeah. it because that's what you used to put on a c90 tape one side of a c90 tape so if it can't really do fit there i would suggest you really need to go back and try and trim it try and edit it and you know be brutal and only if you really really can't should you then allow yourself to sort of go beyond that but i think that that natural limit that vinyl gave us just happened to stumble into something that was a, v- a very good length for an album and it should really be enforced yeah i don't mean by law i don't mean there should be a law i think just just be 
artistic rule of thumb. So if you were knocking tracks off, what would you knock off? Probably Libby's song, Grateful, Lo and Beholden. I think they're my three weakest tracks. You see, this is where the problem comes, isn't it? Which tracks? Because I, I, I would have not. I would knock off Libby's song, but the the other two, I wouldn't. There's some songs there that she starts to sound a little bit like Rush. I think the sort of you know the kind of later era '90s Rush, mm. the sort of thing that you might might have popped up on Test for Echo or something. There's there's some sort there's of. There's no need to start insulting Patty Smith, fella. Well, it's the album that came to mind is a sort of a '90s style album. That's not Rush's top peak is it but uh no it, whatever you know or counter counterparts counterpart, which is a better, really good album that's, that's a really good yeah. album so um there's some bits that some bits that do sound a little bit like that kind of 90s rush sound the the good the good 90s rush sound but anyway what what, what are we doing are we picking tracks or what let's try and do that so i think my favorite track is one voice the kickoff track yeah and then probably like lo and behold them which you've already said you don't like so we can no i'm not having that china bird yeah, it's okay. Glit- yeah. Glitter in their eyes, gone. Is it gone pie? It is called gone pie. I thought my writing must be wrong. And then I'm grateful a new party. New party is one of my favourites. So could we have that with one voice, maybe? Would that work for you? Yes, I'm happy with that. Right, ranking. Yeah, so where do you want to put this? Around wave. So either above or below wave, around there. I was thinking below wave. Okay. That's fine. And next we jump to 2004 and tramping. <laughs> so... Can we can we talk about the fact that I don't like album titles that don't have... that aren't spelt properly and have an apostrophe instead of a G? We can talk about that if you want. Well, there's nothing to talk about. I just want to All right. get it on the record. F- fair enough. Noted, uh, fellow. It'll be in the minutes. I object. Good. Thank you. I object to this album title. Um... Just put a G on the end. Apart from that, what um, do you have any other comments? <laughs> I think it is sounds very similar. It's in that same category as the previous two albums, Peace and Noise and Gung Ho. They sound all very similar, all very in this is the Patti Smith space now, but slightly less good than um, Peace and Noise. Very, very similar to Gung Ho. Uh, I think it's... Um, I would I would say it's probably uh, well I've got nothing else to say it's the same yeah well I have to say that you know my notes page is not far off blank <laughs> here again um, yeah I say I'm, I was hoping I'd get some inspiration but it's just not coming yeah I think go- but that's not it's, that sounds critical sorry just to say I don't mean it to sound critical they're just re- they, they are good albums and they've got lots of songs in that I really enjoy it's just I don't have that much to say about them because it's the same as the last album in many ways. Yeah. I mean, I think it's It's another consistent album. I think in style it's a little bit more gentle and a little bit more commercial than Gung Ho. I just, I, you know, again, I don't, it's, let's say it is within that template as we were saying. I do like it. I don't think there's, it's another one where there isn't a track I don't like on it, which is quite funny. I quite like Cartwheels because that sort of guitar tune on it is... Very similar to favourite things, so you can sing along. You know, raindrops yeah. on roses and whispers. What's it? Whiskers on kittens. Whiskers on kittens. Um, yeah, not whispers. What are the other things that are favourite things? Brown paper parcels tied up with string. That's one of those things. Those are one of those. Anyway, so I quite like that, and I I like something about mittens as well, isn't it? That rhymes with kittens. Probably. 
as I'm singing in my, as I'm singing in my head, I'm switching to the old um, McCain advert. I don't know the the tune of uh, that's K Sarah Sarah. I'm getting all the tunes mixed up in my head here. Rain drops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favourite things. And if I was going to list my favourite things, that, they're not my top five. Well, no, no. But um, they, they are nice lyrics, aren't they? If you, but I mean, if, if you had to edit your favourite things to make them appropriate to sing to a group of children. Ah, yeah. You, what are you going to be? You're not going to be left with a lot, are you? No, not really. So Duh. you probably would be down there. Uh, I suppose. I suppose there's some woolen mittens. Who like? Who likes mittens? You've got to think about rhyming as well. You think like you know, what what rhymes with real ale? You know that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Pale ale. That's ale twice. It's not really rhyming. It's just the same thing. No, it's not, is it? Yeah. Sail. Sail. I quite like. I, I like the idea of sailing, but I've never sailed. So I don't know. Can that go into your favourite things? Things that you kind of wish you'd done. Swimming with whale. <laughs> a single whale only. Another one shows up. It's off the. <laughs> not interested. Drinking real ale and swimming with a whale. <laughs> <laughs> it's um. It is a wonder that we're not writing our own songs, isn't it? Rather than here talking about other people's. Shall we try and pick a track or two? Yeah, I like all the first five tracks. I think it's really good. And then I don't particularly like the second six tracks that much, except I, I do quite like Radio Baghdad, which is one of her longer songs, which I do think works. And I do quite like the song Trampin', despite the spelling. And I quite like my Blakey in the Year okay. in the second half, and then I like all the ones in the first half. I would... I think my favourites are my Blakey in the Year, Mother Rose... Then Jubilee, Cartwheels, Peaceable Kingdom. Let's go for my Blakey and Year because you said it. And then, what else? Did, what did you say? That Jubilee. Mother Rose next, then Jubilee. So the. Well, I would prefer Jubilee than Mother Rose of those. I think. Well, I pre- probably prefer Gandhi from the first half, but I'm not. You know, it's fine. I like. I like. As I say, I like them all. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I like them all. Although Gandhi is lower. It might liking them all list. Okay. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Barely. So, ranking. I think I like this more than you. Where did we put... Where, we put Gung Ho just below Wave, didn't we? Yes. I mean, to me, it's it's better than Gung Ho, definitely. Right. I, I'd put it just below Gung Ho. Were you going to put it just above Gung Ho? Well, maybe higher. Oh, blimey. Like where? Well, I think above... I would probably have it third above Easter. Above Easter? No. But we're, we're, as we are talking... <laughs> that was much of a negotiation, um, was it? <laughs> sort of minuscule sort of points in the ranking. But I, yeah, I think I would put it on before Easter or Wave. What did I say about Wave? I, well, I put it slightly below Gung Ho, but I mean... Yeah, you said, yeah. I also had Gung Ho above Wave, I think. So this is where we're starting to get into one of these things where it just doesn't work. For us, so you, you're going to need to move it above wave, then, aren't you, to be more of a compromised position, but below Easter? Right. Okay. I'll do I that. I think that's where it's going to have to go. Fair enough. I have done that. Thank you. You're welcome. And then we're going bang up to date with the last album. Yeah, or latest album, anyway. There's Sorry, still yes. time. Latest, I mean. Yeah. You never know.
We should say that there are some other releases, but then they they didn't class, classify. Is that the word? Yeah. The- qualify because they weren't necessarily all original material or whatever. There's some live stuff, isn't there, and some compilations and whatnot. There's a few live stuff which we'll come to in the outro bit. But yeah, 2007, there was a covers album. So that's um, the right time to mention this, called 12, which has 12 covers on it, as you might have guessed from the information I previously gave. When you said 12? Well, when I said she did a covers album called 12, I think the information was there. That's what I was getting at. So we're skipping to 2012 and Banger, her latest album. Still uh, 10 years old, though, at the uh, time of recording. What do you make of this one? Well, um, do you want to go first? Because I've been going first most of them, I think. Um, well, partly. Okay. I mean, again, it's another one in this template, isn't it, Of uh, that, that she is using. I think, overall, it has a nice, mellow atmosphere, like some of the previous other ones. It does sound like... A more sort of mature album. It does sound like an older person, I think, the album. I do overall like it. I think, according to Wikipedia, it's inspired by unique dreams and observations and a reflection of our complex world. Make well, of that you what go. you will. But, you know, it's got, um, got, you know, most of the things you expect. This is a Girl is about Amy Winehouse. So there is, on most albums, a song about, like, a tribute to somebody who has died. I think Maria is about Maria Schneider. Who I don't really know anything about. That's a Deus song. Is it? As well, isn't there? There's a Deus song about Maria Schneider. Um, and Nine is a birthday song for Johnny Depp, apparently. Hang on, let me just check this Maria Schneider thing. I, if, if I'm going from memory, I would say it's, it's on something like Pocket Revolution. But I might be wrong. The Vanishing of Maria Schneider. Yeah, that's it. The Vanishing of Maria Schneider. It's not on Pocket Revolution. Vantage Point. It's on Vantage Point, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's they did that with Guy Garvey of Elbow. She was she was a French actress. She was in Last Tango in Paris. Oh, quite a sad story. Yeah. Yes, it was traumatic for her, wasn't it, the film? And she, I think, sort of didn't really do much after that. Yeah, she was traumatised by the rape scene and hounded by unsavoury publicity negatively affected her subsequent career. That's so sad, isn't it? So, which song was that? Maria. Did you say? Maria. Right, so which one are you picking out as your faves? You haven't really said what you think of the album. Oh, have I not? No, I haven't. You're right. Well, it is the similar template, as you say. It is a much more mature album. I think it's a really nice sound. I think it's. I, I think she really finds her, her self, her style on this. You know, it's got a really nice balance of the spoken word and the and the melodic stuff and the slightly more experimental stuff, especially in the song Banger, which I really like. It's one of my standout track. So I think this is a... I really like this. I like the sound. It feels very polished, mature, but in a really interesting way. So I think this is... To me, I think it's a great album. I think I'm probably more positive on it than you are. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's sort of slightly weaker than... Than I just said. Yes. I mean, I do like some of the songs. Well, that's... that's and, good. Uh, <laughs> I think, again, it's not, there's nothing, you know, I dislike on it as well. I mean, this is true of like, most of her albums. There aren't actually that many songs that you don't like. So you picked Banger as your favourite. Yeah, I think Banger's a, a really good which song. Which is an, and... another literary reference. It's from uh, Bulgakov's The Master of Margarita. Oh, is it? Yeah. I still have, I'm still about 35% of the way through that, according to my Kindle. I just can't cope with it, that book. 
I read it a long read it, time ago and really loved it, so I can't really remember much. Well, you recommended it, which is why I recommended it to my book club. And, um, and then I hated it, and I couldn't really get to grips with it at all. Did you have to leave your book club? Well, the book club's kind of dissolved anyway, quite a, quite a while ago. Uh, I didn't particularly enjoy... I, I really liked the conversations with the people, and I liked the people in the book club, but I didn't particularly like being told what to read, especially as we read a lot for this. So... I didn't fight the dissolution of it. But anyway, so f- so my track that track is Banger and Tarkovsky. The second stop is Jupiter. Okay. Which I also really like. Yeah, that's one of my least favourites on the album. Okay. I would pick, I think, Amerigo, Seneca. I also like the, I think the cover of After the Gold Rush is really good as well. But would mm. maybe resist picking that because it's a cover version. It's a cover, yeah. I'm happy with Amerigo. I really like that as well. And I like This Is The Girl. Yeah. Mosaic. That's the Amy Winehouse one, isn't it? And it does... You can see that when you hear it, it does... There is a bit of Amy Winehouse in there. You can see she's, like, properly being influenced and it does have a sort of a sound of a, an a, Amy Winehouse song. But shall we pick Bang What about Nine Civil? as well? Let... What about Nine? Sorry? Nine? That's another song that I really like a lot. I was suggesting Banger. Are we Banger and what, sorry? A Merry Go as our two tracks. Oh, right, a... yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fine. Sorry, didn't hear you properly then. Too busy listening to the sound of my own voice. Yes. Um, so where do you, you want to rank this? I I would rank it pretty much pretty near the top, to be honest. Okay, how near the top? Well, I, I had it sort of around, because I had sort of Horses and Easter, and I had it sort of around there. And I wasn't sure whether it was above them. In fact, if I was going to put on an album of hers, it's the album I'd put on. So I'm going to go for it as well. I'm just going to say top. Goodness me. So there, deal with that. You did it with Peace and Noise. Yeah, I'm yeah. doing it with this. Where would you I'm put it? i work though? out where I would put it. I would probably have it somewhere sort of mid-table for me. I think maybe top of the mid... Well, can we put it above Trampin? So below Easter, above Trampin? I think we might Somewhere have to. Bring... Not overly happy, but you know, well, such is life, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, life, life is very much like that. I think if you'd have it top and that, yeah, because I'd have it about mid, so that's about right, isn't it? As a mid. Was it in your top five or your bottom five? Let me just have a quick look. It is uh, bottom five. All right, so you had wave in the top five. Yes, I'm guessing. No, so is you, so your top five was peace and noise, horses, Easter, wave and tramping. Horses, Easter. Gone Again, Peace and Noise, Tramping. Oh, yeah, Gone Again up there. Blimey. Well, let's just leave it like it is then, I suppose. Because that's about as compromised as we're going to get, isn't it? I think so. Right, should we do the yeah, rundown? So we've got, yeah, so we've got Gone Again right down the bottom, haven't we? So. Well, I had it at the bottom. And you promised not to move it. Yeah, anyway. I did, yeah. Because I thought having it at the bottom just seemed not right. But yeah, I, I would have it quite a bit higher. But there is, as I keep saying... You could put it above Radio, Radio Ethiopia if you wanted. Yeah, if you're... Okay, don't talk to him. I did promise not to do this. No, but, I mean, looking at it, I'm, I'm okay with that, I think. Just, yeah, all right, whatever. Let's do it. Let's do the rundown. At number 10 is Dream of Life. At number 9 is Radio Ethiopia. Number 8 is Gone Again. Number 7 is Gung Ho. Number 6 is Wave. Uh, number five is Trampin. Number four is Banger. Number three is Easter. Number two is Horses. And number one 
is Peace and Noise. Okay, welcome back. We've had quite a bit of a gap since uh, you last heard us. We've been away. We've both seen Patti Smith live at different uh, festivals. And we've done other lots of things as well, you know, like life and things. Have you? Well. I don't think I have. don't remember that. Well, I've been alive. I've, like, done a bit of walking. Well, I did, I did go to Brussels and I wrote about it on the jeffreymusic.rocks website. So I did do that. So I investigated a record store and saw uh, a Brooklyn indie band called Geese play live in the record store's venue part. People can read about that on the website, if they so wish. Yeah, well, let's, let's use that to say it's jeffreymusic.rocks again. Things we don't really promote it that much. So, yeah, so on that website is, is the, my report on that. So I guess that was Living Life. I've also seen the Rolling Stones live as well, since we last uh, spoke, as well as uh, Patti Smith. So yeah, yeah so that's I quite guess. good. That's Living Life, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't really have a memory, so I can't really tell you, but I've, I'm sure I've done some things. Probably. You saw Placebo. I saw, yeah, seen Placebo. That was the same festival as Patti Smith. And and, um, and you can hear about the Patti Smith gig review on the Jeffrey Goes to Patti Smith podcast, which has been released before this we we assume <laughs> don't actually know yet but probably yeah will be well we think so don't we yeah it's likely to be because it's easier to edit i was having a quick look at my diary to remember gigs i've been to so i have seen christian hirsch and mateel those were the two i found so i have done some music things well that's that's good that's good and i've got a few coming up as well but uh we will let's focus on patty smith anyway yeah, fair enough. So we start off with the with the record covers of the albums. We tend to just kind of like go through them briefly, don't we, in, in chronological order. So Yeah. And obviously a lot of her the first block, the first sort of period up until the sort of you know, ninety six release were all a time when vinyl would have been the main form of release. So obviously the cover's really quite important part of the packaging. Slightly less so when CDs come in and obviously even less so now, unfortunately. So these were quite iconic covers, really, in their day, especially Horses, which was a photo taken by Robert Mapplethorpe. What do you think of that one? Yeah, um, I really like it. I think it's a really striking cover. And obviously it's very simple. It's just um, Patty in her sort of in her suit. It was more, as if you you know read the book, um, it's kind of more staged. It's not quite obviously as casual as it looks. But yeah, I do think it's a really um, great striking image. Yeah, I agree. I love the cover. I think it's it's a brilliantly sort of understated cover. This quite again quite com- I don't know what's the word. Is it confrontational? Is it controversial? It's probably neither of those. But there is something about the way she's just standing there in in almost quite masculine clothes, just quite challenging people with her image, which she quite liked to do in in what's actually a really simple, almost black and white photo. Yeah, I mean, you think obviously it's nineteen seventies, and there's a, a young woman slightly androgynous in the way she is and she's just standing there with confidence and that exactly. in itself is it's a challenge isn't it yeah which she's always done she's always thrown out that challenge to people so uh yeah i love it great cover Let's see if it stays our favorite it's our favorite so far definitely at the top at the moment radio ethiopia next this is too boring let's skip ahead so we're going with horses top cover yeah i think so yeah Right, let's move on to the next item in the agenda. That's extra tracks. 
Okay. So, I mean, there's a few... There's not... There's a couple of extra tracks on some of the editions of the albums. Generally, they're not as good as the album tracks. I would discount them anyway. I think the exception to that are the ones on Dream of Life, which I I tend to prefer more than some of the tracks, but it is probably because I, I don't like the the album as much rather than the tracks being so great there is of course the album 12 which is all the cover versions which I think is worth listening to definitely I've sort of quite enjoyed it I don't like everything on it there is also Live at Electric Lady which is a session so would technically come under extra tracks which I really like as well I think it's a sort of a really nice album where I'm going to suggest we pick a track off is from the the first single, the Hey Joe Piss Factory, which I quite like both tracks off it. I'm expecting you to be favouring Piss Factory, so how do you feel about all that? Well, I really like the song Piss Factory. I think it's absolutely great. So yeah, I'm very happy to stick that on there. So you're right, you, you correctly predicted. Excellent. I like that nice smug feeling when I've done that. When you get something right. Well, yeah, basically, yeah. it doesn't happen often, so I'm enjoying no, exactly. the moment. You enjoy it, fella. You enjoy it. Have you found anything else you wanted to put on? Well, um, similar to what you were saying about 12, there are some quite fun, and some of my favourite songs on there are actually covered, or songs that i not necessarily favourite, but songs I really like, like Pastime Paradise, the Stevie Wonder track, Boy in the Bubble, Smells Like Teen Spirit, so there's some really good stuff on there, but I don't particularly think that's quite right. I'd rather put a live track on, which is our usual approach hmm. so i would rather and there isn't much in the way of live tracks on uh, spotify so i'm quite happy to stick with live at electric lady even though it's not live with an audience it's live in a studio um so i'm quite happy to stick with that if you want okay what would you did you pick a track off it um probably peaceable kingdom but i mean i am i, I do like it all yeah no i'm happy with that Okay, well, there we go. Then. Again, I I like it all as well. I think 12, although I do like it, I don't think it would add anything to our playlist particularly. No, I mean, she she is quite um, prolific in terms of doing cover versions. So, in a sense, it does give us a little bit more about her character, is that she's very open to doing covers. Her albums have cover versions on it, her live show does. So in that sense, I suppose it does, but quite happy not to do that. Let's just leave it there. So moving on to live tracks proper. So on Spotify, there's only two live albums to go at. There's the Horse Leg- Horses Legacy a- a edition, which has got horses on live, basically. And there's the Trampin Extra Dish- Disc, which has um, a live gig in France. What I was thinking, because it was maybe pick off the Horses Leg- Dis- Legacy edition, Redondo Beach. Okay. Because... I think you were going on about liking that song. I don't think we picked it as a track, if I remember rightly. No, we didn't. So that's okay. Yeah, we can pick Redondo Beach. Although I don't think it's necessarily the best live, but it's it's still it's still decent live. Yeah. And it does it, it does nicely showcase her voice, I think. Yeah. The the other track I was going to suggest is off the the other CD, uh, the other album. Sorry, um, is Gloria live? Finish off with Gloria. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Why not? Good and. It's a cracker. Which gives a bit of glory back to Horses, which we've, we put at number two. Yeah, and didn't include either of those tracks. No. And I think really, I don't, we don't do this, but the top two, I think for me, I probably would be quite, well, probably be fairer if it was joint top. 
for those two. Yeah, and any any given day could be in either order, couldn't it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, that's often the case, I think. I mean, it's it's not unusual. We've had that before with bands, and uh, we'll do again, without uh, without a doubt. Yeah, but we do make ourselves pick. Yep, we uh, we come off the fence in the Jeffrey podcast. Yeah. Live, live dangerously. So I think that's about it. Do you have anything else to add? I've got no any other business, no, if that's what you mean. Yes, that is exactly what I mean. Any, any other business. I have no any other business. Although I would like to say that we did see the we did we, we have both seen our live as we as we said. So please do re- listen to the podcast. She was amazing live. So we've now we've started this podcast not really knowing much about Patty Smith at all. We've read books. We've listened to her albums. We've seen the live. We're now both huge Patty Smith fans. So it has been a, a a great little journey we've been on. Yeah, I would agree. Read three books albums live now. But yeah, I agree. It's been a great experience. And it's uh, really admirer, and I consider myself a fan now. Mm-hmm.